Okay, so before we get started, when it comes to like how we're recording the episode, does anyone have any questions about that or anything? When it comes to like the actual format. Thank you. That's my response. Oh my god! I was saving it for the minute you clicked record. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm so grateful. You're welcome. To have you in my life? Don't you love having a bestie like me? Yes. I don't want anyone to feel like put on the spot having to come up with like some genius answer. For something, you know? As if we'd be coming up with genius answers. I've listened to our behind the scenes. <laughs> I've listened to the actual episodes. I've DM'd for you all for now two years. I know oh. no genius answers are coming. <clears throat> Not two years. Wait. Oh. So, first off, how did you guys like the finale? Like, in Obsessed. general, how do you all buy? <laughs> I thought it was really good. When you guys played the finale for the first time and you got to the point at the end how do you all how did you all feel because i i did not have the audio from you all like reacting to it because you all went dead silent for a minute and a half <laughs> and stranger actually you were the only person to say anything at the end of that minute and a half all i got was you saying that's really fucked up i think in that moment there were a lot of emotion. I think that was the first time I had a mental breakdown over Camp Moon Mirror. The first? <laughs> this implies more! Listen, I'm playing Lily. It's kind of hard to not have a mental breakdown. Fair, fair. I think for me, because I played in a previous campaign you had run before, I was ready for like a big kind of like plot-changing story to happen, because it happened in like the previous one. And like, because you were texting me like like how do how do I help Bowie help them get to the green light that time I was like I was like right I was like this is it this is gonna be like the thing that happens and I don't know like I don't think I had like an idea of what it would have been but I like I remember you were like it's like the first day of camp and I was like there's no fucking like that's not even something I could have even comprehended with theorized was ever going to happen definitely I'm pretty sure, like, I knew that that twist was going to happen just because, like, my involvement with the story is different from everyone else's. So, mm-hmm. like, I I knew it was happening, but I still wish I had been there for the initial recording because listening yeah, back s- to you it- were taking a big fat nap when we yeah. all recorded the finale. <laughs> I was like, this, this is the yeah. first one Leo wasn't with us for, right? Yes, he was napping. Yeah, and it was the worst one I could have missed, in my opinion. I, I I do wish I had been there for the the everything of it, but listening to it back was was really enjoyable for me. I liked it a lot. I think more boys should have kissed, but I could say I, that about no, every you know piece of media. If I could go back and re-record this episode, I would make sure that uh, we kissed more boys. Yeah, what boys could he have kissed in the context of the episode? <laughs> he would have found the a one way. that's trying to murder you. <laughs> that's like the only boy <laughs> Kenneth doesn't want to kiss you the, the agents aren't in the episode Lily's not a boy you're limited on boy access <laughs> I had figured it out some Stranger. random unnamed camp counselor yeah <laughs> he just grabbed some roommates random from, from before he moved into Lily's cabin <laughs> god and then I have to make up a whole NPC with a name and a story and there's that guy who like told Bowie he was cute on like the first day of camp when he was acting whack you find him again I find him again gonna have 
get ready to add this boy into season two. He's about to come in a significant I'm part of the plot. You know. <laughs> I'm about to make this motherfucker a significant part of the plot. <laughs> no don't way. have to do that. We actually just watched a TikTok that was like when you when your players go out of the way to make your you your like sessions a living nightmare by befriending a PC that NPC that you name generated and spending full, an entire session on something you said in passing that didn't even fucking matter. And I was like, wow, we've done all of those things to Eden. Let's go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's only going to get worse. I feel it in my bones. I do love causing the bestie pain. Stranger, how did you feel about the finale? I think it was fucked up. Fair enough. Now, I actually have a question for Suffer. Because I... Oh, no. Going back and editing season one, it actually made me think, what made you choose the Loveland Frogman as Lily's dad? Because it... <sighs> Oh, it's frog jokes, all the jokes we all made of it. it. It's like, it's a pretty obscure cryptid. And we've just kind of been like fucking around with the Loveland Frogman lore. And I want to know why. So in the beginning, so this is actually something that I've wanted to say for like a long time. Like I've actually thought about this answer. Okay. Lily in the beginning was going to be a very, very different character. Um. Before I had landed on the character archetype that she is, I was originally going to go with Monstrous, and I was going to choose Pixie. So she was going to have a backpack with, like, fairy wings. Mm. And then that kind of evolved, because I I don't exactly remember why I didn't choose Monstrous. Um, But then I, I was like... All of my characters that I have ever made have like pun names. So like one of my D&D characters is Tidal Wave or Cole Embers. Mm-hmm. So it's all puns. And then I was like. Very Flint Cole coded of you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I was like, what, what could I do here? And when I came up with the name or what I was looking for at Lily Pads, I was like, okay, well, this is the answer is right there. And it just kind of all fell into place. So interesting. I just think it's funny. Like we've joked about other cryptids being present. Obviously, you have your Funkle. Obviously, the Jersey Devil is now a part of the thing. We've mentioned Man Moth. Oh, I love Man Moth. Okay. Why do you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> I love Man Moth. I don't know. What... Okay. I also love the Jersey Devil. Sorry, did I not give him enough love? My bad. Mm. <laughs> Let me get the Funkle. Um, you don't really have to kiss the Funkle. You, you, you don't. Actually, Just... speaking of the Funkle, so. In my personal streaming Discord, there's like a Moon Mirror section where people have been speaking of Moon Mirror. Um, and the fact that the Funkle does not have a love interest has actually been brought up more than once. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Every time it does, I go crazy. I don't want to think about the font. I'm just, I'm wondering, you know, he's a boy. Maybe he should kiss some boys. Maybe this is something okay, I should do. Okay. Who's to say? I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of boy kisser Funkle. Well, Maybe Lily has two... <laughs> Gay Funkles. Two gay Funkles. Wow. That sounds like a sitcom. 
two gay funkles. <laughs> oh my god, that's the spinoff. I was gonna say, I was like, if, if Movie Revenge was a cartoon, it's like that one random spinoff episode that they that like they use as a little filler episode between like major moments of plot. Mm-hmm. Two, two gay funkles sitcom. <laughs> two and a half funkles. Good, good. What a nightmare. Speaking of, two, speaking of two men trying their best, Leo, how do you feel about playing like the agents as a separate like side story to the main plot? I really like playing as like a separate like a B plot to the to the A plot. I personally mm-hmm. really like it just because it gives me a lot more time to like think about what I'm doing before we record, um, mm-hmm. which has always been. I've always been really nervous to record. I don't know what inside of me makes me so nervous, but um, I tend to get really bad stage fright. So playing a separate story really does like help with that. Um, and like plot wise, I think it always lends itself really well to to the story as well. I think it, it's it, it, there's you've done a great job of like working in the agent stories into the main plot without it being recorded at the same time as everyone else. And I'm excited for season two because they just have a much bigger role in season two. And we've talked about this. Oh, yeah. What that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a lot more of, of, a, of a part story-wise in season two. So looking forward we were to both that. Surprised. Like, we were both surprised the positive reception the agents got. Oh, yeah. Because they're like, they got a lot more attention than I thought. Almost everyone I've talked to has actually said the agents are in their, like, top three favorite characters and they wanted to know more and i was shocked about that i always thought that they'd be like the characters that people liked and on like a a niche level like there'd be like Mm -hmm. the fans like you know like there'd be a handful of people who really like them but other than that i didn't think people would pay too much attention to them so it's really surprising for me at least to see them get so much love back and i'm excited to have more stuff with them for season two i know me and leo have been working on the first episode of season two the first episode is completely agent centric. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really cool. Oh yeah. I'm very excited for it all to open with, with that. Mm-hmm. For the rest of you guys, do you guys feel the same way about recording as Leo? Like, do you guys get stage fright? Do you guys get like nervous doing like the improv on the spot stuff, especially with the heavier plot? Definitely. Sometimes I find it really easy to fall into Lily's character. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what helps me a lot is if I, I get in that kind of headspace where it's just like, I just have to be this one person and not, this is a really weird answer now that I'm thinking about it, but if I have to be this one person and not myself, I can play it much more confidently mm-hmm. you immerse I don't yourself know if that better makes, yeah I, I don't know if that makes sense at all but like that's just kind of the way that I look at it I think for me I'm I'm fine until we get to an episode that you and I have like talked about and planned a lot of or mm-hmm. like planned like the idea for like together and stuff like that because I remember being so anxious when we recorded Camp Tramps Commit Hate Crime, because I like had that, like I had like that epiphany, and you and I had been talking about it back and forth, and I was like, okay, this is gonna be fun to do it. And then it finally came, and I was like, oh, there's like a thing that I have to lead now. And similarly mm-hmm. with, I felt to think something I can't t- actually talk about in this, yeah. um, but 
for something we're recording for that, it's made me incredibly, like, every time we've gone to record, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be sick. Like, I'm so anxious. Why, why, are, we do, why are we doing this Bowie-centric episode um, where it's not even Bowie-centric? It's just I helped come up with the idea, and my brain is like, now you have this standard to up. I think I feel the same way, I think, when I run Avatar, though. So, like, I think it's just, like, the idea that it's part of my idea, and I think, and I'm sure it's what you literally experience every time we play, which is, like, what if everyone now hates this idea I've come up with? And like, literally, it's not as funny to me time. as I think it is. And I'm gonna like propose like this is gonna be the first time suffering stranger hearing this idea, mm-hmm. and it's just gonna be silent. <laughs> like I remember, we told them nothing about Camp Tramps commit a hate crime until like we literally got there, and I was like, when we drop the testosterone line, and they realize it's not drugs, it's testosterone. Our stranger and suffer just gonna sit there. <laughs> but I think most of the time. Fear. That's my fear whenever I bring up like a big plot thing, mm-hmm. but especially with the whirlpool and it being the first day of camp again, I was shaking while DMing it for you all. Like I thought I'd have to re-record the entire ending because I was over here like having a fucking heart attack. <laughs> oh yeah. I, th- I think it's for me, it's the before the episode begins and then we start like getting into it and I'm like, oh yeah, this is, we're just crazy. that tracks yeah absolutely speaking of um like just you playing kane east and stuff um how did you feel about like you know when you found out kane would have to try to kill lily like how did that all feel to you from like a player perspective um Well, I thought it was fun, uh-huh. but I also knew that some people might get angry if I killed their character. <laughs> and so I was also scared. <laughs> no. So, okay. Like, I love Lily, but I would live for the drama of having to make a new character. Like, if that was the case, I would live for the drama. Of, like, Lily actually being dead? Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there are two sides to me. The one that's like, I love Lily. I if Lily ever dies, I will be the most upset person in the world. And then there's, I love drama. I love making other people upset with my choices because if, oh boy, the character that I could make to just. My retribution for uh-huh. what Lily has gone through would be immense. <laughs> God. Well, the good news is you didn't have to re-roll. I, I didn't. You did not. <laughs> that's, that's the good news. God. I think I would be heartbroken if any of you all had to re-roll characters. I've become so deeply attached to Lily Bowie and Kane. Like what I love would them. the world do without Bowie. Well, I'm assuming Genuinely. the plot would go forward, but I still love Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe you'd say something to me like this. That's I... fucking amazing. No, actually, this is, this is a great time. We got a question on Tumblr asking why Kenneth and Bowie act like that, and I. This is a great time to clarify. <laughs> that's just me and Andy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Ida and I have been besties for years, and this is just the way we... I actually had the, that epiphany when we were all listening to the finale together. I don't think that I had realized that that was just your and I's relationship until we were listening to it, all five of us together, and I was like, that is just how Eden and I would all of us oh, meet yeah. up at Awa. Like, yeah. <laughs> playing epic pranks on the homies. Me and Indy had, like, a realization the other week that me and Indy do not romance each other enough. We don't climb enough things together. We don't do epic pranks enough together. And we don't... What was the last one? Uh, 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 enough uh, world uh, records. And Nobel Prizes. <laughs> and Nobel Prizes. And we realized... Bowie and Kenneth do all those things every episode. Every episode. How we're channeling our bestiness. <laughs> that that was more true before we added the Nobel Prizes <laughs> and World Records thing. As far as we know, as we don't keep we up. I don't, keep, don't up. keep up. I clearly don't remember an episode until it comes out and I listen to it <laughs> and I'm like, I was there for that? <laughs> like, I, Bowie, I think I told you this, Eden, when you and I were listening to Camp Trams together, which is like, I frequently listen to the episodes and I'll say something out loud and then immediately yeah, hear yeah. me say it as Bowie. And I'm like, no fucking way. No fucking my way. Thing is, my favorite thing is when I'm editing and someone will say something and I will respond to it out loud. And then two seconds later, I'll hear my own voice in my headphones making the exact same commentary that I'll have to cut out. <laughs> no, it happens, it happens disgustingly frequently. I'm like, that or I'm just appalled by the things Bowie says. And I'm like, me? How do how do you how do the rest of you guys feel like listening back? Like it's it's so it's a love hate relationship only towards myself because mm-hmm. some of the th- there was one episode I think it was the first time that Lily revealed um, her wings to Viper. Mm-hmm. I had to mute myself. For that, or I had to mute and skip through my little speech there because I hated it so much. But I love hearing everybody else because it's, I love Camp Moonmere. Mm-hmm. I love Moonmere. I <laughs> am one of Moonmere's biggest fans and I'm also a part of it. <laughs> Sorry, I tried, I went to go mute my mic and thought it was going to be a quiet one and I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't have to mute my mic and then it came out and I was like, no, it's too late. I can't mute my mic. <laughs> but I, I was like, that's going to be quiet. We're fine. I'm so sorry. That one was a pure accident. <sighs> I tried to keep it in. <laughs> I, literally, I had my thumb on the mic and I was like, nah, I'm good. Good. I literally don't have to do that. I'm if so people, sorry. Like, if it's not clicking that you guys are just your player characters, I hope this episode <laughs> makes it clicking for people. <laughs> Uh, um, we really yeah. got to shake things up when we do a different campaign. <laughs> Us next time, guys. I can't wait for the exact same characters, but in space for the next campaign. <laughs> I'm going to play a side of me that I don't think any of you have ever seen, and I don't know if you're ready for it. I promise I'll be more fun next time. I think, I think I'll be less I think fun. Richard's fun now. He's what do you mean you're going to be less fun? <laughs> Stranger, how do you feel listening back to Camp Moonmare? I think, guys, we're funny as hell. <laughs> we are. Feeling- no, that's so real. <laughs> do you actually think that, or was that sarcasm? No, I do think that. <laughs> okay, good. 
Imagine if Stranger took this time to tell us that we are not funny. You guys are trying as fuck. We guys. People listen to us, really. We just only been giving us pity laughs for the last two years. We really have to step it up. There's like I've actually made a list of critiques here. We go through them one by one now. Imagine if he busted out the master doc of all the ways Mirror <laughs> sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so but at the end, it was, it was what he actually said, which is, guys, we're pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger, anything besides the fact that apparently we are funny? <laughs> no. We're just funny. I'll keep my critiques to myself. <gasps> oh no. my god. Oh no. Wait, tell us one critique while we're here. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to pull up my master list. <laughs> Documentation. That has to be released at the end of Camp Moon Mirror. <laughs> the, the day that the series finale airs, I expect Stranger to drop the biggest call-out post on Twitter. <laughs> I no, what's that thing Stranger has on his computer? The things I can the send to sh- things that destroyed Leo's life. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Stranger should drop that pick. <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't, I don't even remember the pick now. Oh, it I remember. About, it's, it's, it's pretty easy it. Don't worry. I remember it's it now. That <laughs> sounds like I think Stranger could drop that pig. Legally, of penis, I have another question from Tumblr for the whole group, about just how do you guys feel about, like, the romance subplots? Because apparently going into this, I'd... Maybe I'm out of the loop. In a lot of other horror podcasts, apparently, there aren't actually, like, overt like, romance subplots? Maybe I, I was out of the boys loop. should kiss. Noted. <laughs> I think I wasn't prepared for people to not be prepared, because, like, at least in my experience, like, the Magnus Archives, that's gay as hell. Uh, any other D&D podcast I listen to, that's literally gay as hell. They literally have fade to black NSFW scenes of Critical Role. Maybe I was just out of the loop of like, I didn't know the romance subplots would shock people. But like, how do you guys feel about them? Well, Necessary. I was going to say what Leo said, but not as close to my microphone and crunchy or <laughs> dramatically. Uh, but I agree. I think all boys should kiss. Like ever? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Every boy. At the same time. Okay. One big like circle where like just barely they're all touching because it's like really hard to get it real close. Okay. That's Um, that's a lot of boys. That will not be happening in season two. (laughs) Actually, that's a lie. No, there will not be a boy kissing circle in season two. Why are you looking at me like we've recorded a boy kissing circle? We haven't. We got pretty damn close. <laughs> God. I mean, I'd like to request something we would record for season two. If I, if I may. <laughs> what is it? Wait, what is it? It's a boy kissing circle no, in, the, no, in, the, in this no. kissing episode. I think we're good. I think we're good. I think we're good on that. But how do the rest of you all, besides... The boy kissers in the corner. <laughs> How the rest of you all feel about the various flirty subplots or like the surprising shipping culture that has occurred between people who listen to Cat Moon Mirror? 
I mean, I'm also a boy kisser, but in the in the opposite direction. You're a boy kisser in like the girly pop way. Yeah. Um It's really fun when <laughs> there's a solo recording solo recording episode happening and I get so flustered that we actually have to stop the recording. I love flirting with Suffer. I'm going to put on the record right here, right now. I love flirting with Suffer to the point where they can no longer talk to me. It's my favorite. It's really bad because I I fold really easily. It's it's your, not your bar. Your like standard for men really isn't hell. I say bare minimum, and it's just over. Are you familiar with Baldur's Gate three? <laughs> what? Where is this going? I just want you to guess which character I wanted to romance the most that I am romancing. I need to hear you say it. <laughs> it's Asterion. Yeah. <laughs> a bitchy vampire. Like, it's so easy here. It's so easy where I am. Stranger, how do you feel that Kane is the one that gets shipped with most people, according to Twitter, the art I've seen? The AO3 tag that now exists. I try so hard with Bowie. Damn him. (laughs) I can't wait to give Kane's sexuality reveal and he's just straight. I will kill you. Would you do straight? You would. He can't because in canon, there is already substantial proof he's not. For example, in one of the behind the scenes thing, it is canon that the first thing Kane notices about anyone of any gender is their ass. I have the clip of strangers saying it. It is on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> flexible. No way. Hey, oh. <laughs> what? You can't do that because of the pride art we've released. You cannot be afraid. <laughs> You'll have to release like an apology. <laughs> Too many trans men have currently built their wardrobes off of this. Yes, yeah, I was say <laughs> Send them to the hate crime episode. I mean, it's... <laughs> I feel like the last day we ever record Moon Mirror, Stranger's gonna come out actually with a giant document of like Kane facts that he's had this whole time. And it's gonna contradict everything. No, it's going to happen. It's it's that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. We're gonna know nothing about Kane East until the end of Camp Moon Mirror. Maybe our lives. That'll be the day you get the document from Stranger about (laughs) what is the finale? What if, like, a third of the finale is just taken up by, like, Kane's backstory? <laughs> and, like, it's like an hour and a half of We're getting Kane's backstory. Flashback. I hope 75% of the episode is about it. <laughs> God. If, if Kane's backstory is going to be in any episode, I already have, I already have all the way up till season three written. And so... I already know exactly what episode I would put it in if we were to get Kane's backstory. The thing is, I know at this point we're not getting it. So I don't even have to accommodate for it in the writing. It's all right here. And it has never been sent to me. Anyone notice that? Can it's right there in front of you. And he has a fucking photo and send it has in the chat. a camera on his phone and he's never sent it to me. <laughs> Somebody screenshot it and try and zoom in and hand. Any fucking in, with the low lighting and shit. <laughs> this is actually a great time for me to answer a question I got on Tumblr for me, which is how much do you guys' individual 
characters and their backstories and their lives, how much have they actually affected the plot of Camp Moon Mirror? And I think the best way to describe it is like exactly like this conversation right now. If whatever you all give me, I write around. Like I will find a way to fit in every single thing you guys have given me into the plot. And I like to treat the story as like an open world video game in the sense of like, you obviously have a main plot. You obviously have a big bad, but you also have an entire world you guys can fuck around in, mess with. It'll affect the way that everything happens with the bigger plot points in the future. Certain stuff is unmovable, but other things are are completely affected by you guys. Like specifically in the question, actually, we got asked about um, the fact you guys didn't go interact with the werewolf and therefore technically there's a whole plot line you guys just have not touched yet and there's a lot of those in there like a lot like i made sure that the world of camp moonmare was so fleshed out that no matter what you guys did or who you guys talked to there is something there that keeps leading you to stuff and season two is going to have a lot of opportunity for that but i i would like to think that you guys have affected the plot quite a lot even if it's not necessarily you guys affecting like the the who is the big bad, you guys affect how, significantly how you all get there. Well, how many times did you say you you've ended we've ended a session and you've been like fuck the next session I have planned is no longer what we're doing I have to write something else. I've actually never I've never had to do oh. that because I went really hard in fleshing out this world and fleshing out the NPCs and giving you all a million and one roots. Like the only thing I'm really having to do is use the agent plot line to either clean up stuff that has not been like uh, tied up yet or to just give more information strictly to the audience. Because like, I, I like how you guys, I hope you get what I'm saying on this. I like that you guys don't know a damn thing. I like that you guys are- I love so not knowing a damn thing. I, I like listening back to season one, both as an editor and as a listener, and then also hearing you guys notice stuff. Like Indy will come to me and be like, I didn't notice that you dropped that little fucking hint in the middle of this random episode in season one. And now, now that we've recorded like what I want to say, like five or six episodes of season two. Now Indy knows what like that one off one liner means. Um, there's a lot of that. And so I think I, I made enough room for you guys to be able to do whatever you want to where like, I always have something for you guys to do. I'm never having to panic about the next episode because I think I let you guys lead so much where it goes that as long as I just know how the world works, I can follow you guys to any part of it. And then, like I said, clean up later with the, the agents if I need to. You've always been an amazing DM with stuff like that, incorporating other people's that stories other, and working DM, around it. We campaign a lot. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, my logic is the players are the game. So if I'm not accommodating what you guys give me, then what's the point? You just do a really good job of getting everybody like, around it. Yeah, I was like, you have like a baffling and amazing way of like telling stories that like, Thank you. I don't, every time I play, I've played a game that you've ran, I've like, I am just like left in awe of like your, your twisted mind palace <laughs> that you have. How it just fits an entire other, like it is entirely a different world for both games I've ever played under you. Like are both like, world so vastly different from our own and i feel like if i just like if i were living in that world it'd be the same as like living my day-to-day life here there's so much going on outside of what the players are doing that the world is there's just stuff that like it's like living in the real i don't know how to describe that in a way that makes sense like living it like i am one aspect of 
8 billion people in the world right now, but it feels like you've still thought of the 8 billion people in this wor- the world. And even though we're only focused on like the five of characters and stuff like that. It's amazing that you can make an audio medium feel full like that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's really sweet. I'm always really nervous. Like not only just DMing in general, but also because I know like my writing style mainly comes from the fact I write a crap ton of fiction, like novel kind of prose fiction side. And then also like I was raised on movies and the, those two writing styles are not always compatible with each other. So trying to then put them into like another medium where there are no visuals, but it needs to still carry like the auditory strength of a film, but no visuals like a novel. And I have to find a way to match that in the middle. It's been interesting. Yeah, I think I think you've always done a really good job at it because like in the last campaign in this one, I just it it's such a, a world. Like the world is so full. <laughs> There's a reason I love Camp Moon Mirror. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> what are you guys' favorite parts of like the lore or the story that aren't you guys? Like when it comes to, like either like little things you've learned or like what exists in the world. Like what are some of your favorite like the world feels full quote unquote things in it. I think it's the caves. I Mm. like Lily hates going down there, but I just think that there is so much to find, but I'm just a little too oblivious (laughs) to understand completely what's going on down there. I think at risk of sounding like a lot of our listeners, genuinely when I listen to the agent episode, that's a big one. And it probably a lot of it's because like, you're not there all new like i've never i've never heard that before but like it's again it's a it's a very like clear like other things in this world are happening when the five like the five or i guess four of us i always say five because there's five of us but like when the four of us are playing and we're like quote-unquote on screen and like yeah like i or like i feel like anytime we've like we've wanted to have an interaction with some nameless npc person you've just been like on it like when like Bowie goes is like doing the bouncy castle stuff and it's back like back and forth or with like Kenneth's younger brother, like it's just no pause, like no hesitation. You're on like the fucking conversation Bowie is having with this person that he's never gonna have that conversation a conversation with again. And that like they're people with like full stories and like I don't know, and the same with like Skip and like like every once in a while Skip will say something. I'm like Skip's a guy with like a whole life that's like not happening. <laughs> every you you give every single character a voice and you make it clear that every single voice is alive and they matter not a single character feels like they're put in to like waste your time or like needlessly guide you somewhere every single character has like a life and a story outside of like outside of just being an npc i'm glad you guys like it <laughs> <laughs> the vampires whatever they got going on over there i do love the vampires I do. That, I think that's still one of my favorite episodes. Actually, junkyard. like genuinely, I Junkyard's really love the really junkyard good. episode. Can I let you all in on a secret fact? It's like my least favorite episode. Why? Um, strictly from a me standpoint. So when it takes me anywhere from twenty to forty hours to edit a single episode of Cat Moon Mare, depending on what's in it, what's going on, etc. Whether that be gathering my licenses so spotify doesn't copyright us whether that be the actual editing whether that be you know having to listen back to the episode back back 
clean up audio, whatever. And then teaching myself the entirety of audition with no teacher. Like I've just top, I raw dogged this program to try to figure this out. And I remember when editing the junkyard episodes, I was having like the worst flare up ever. I was like bedridden for like four days in a row and I couldn't like do anything. And like, I was missing school. Like I was super sick. I could barely eat. Like it was not fun. And so I remember I was not able to add any, any music, like any of my sound effects. I didn't have the time to like gather my licenses, make sure I had like the time to listen to the episode like seven times over to add in all this stuff. And so like, to me, it is an incredibly bare bones episode because at the end of the day, it is just all of us talking. And like, because I want this to feel like more than just actual play, like I really like the the audio drama elements that get put into it. I am insecure about the episode because it feels so plain to me as someone who has like handcrafted every other part of the series, if that makes any sense. It's crazy I, that I think you feel that way about that episode because I think I, I have a text to you after I listen to that episode being like, the motorcycle sounds of this are so cool. Like the noises when Lily's fighting, like the sounds that you did manage to put into it, I feel like still make such a big impact in that episode because I, I don't feel that way about that episode at all. I also think that of all of the episodes that you could have done that with and taken more of a backseat with the sound effects and stuff, that would probably have been one of the best exactly. episodes. Exactly, it, it lucked out. The, the 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 playing aspect of like the players like this the story and everything that's going on really does help compensate for I, I don't I didn't even notice that like the editing was any less than usual personally mm. and I think that that's a good thing that everything was able to like balance itself out speaking of like the junkyard and the vampires and stuff how do you guys just like feel about them how do you guys feel about the fang gang I love them so much every single one of them Every, every one of them. I want to kiss them on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Direct, directly on the lips. That cannot be your answer for every question. Hey, at least this time in the Fang Gang, there's men and women. It wasn't this exclusively a boy kisser answer. This is true. This is an everyone kisser answer. This is when- my pansexuality going shining through. When we originally, like, thought of Camp Moomir, we were first, like, talking about it, like, before we had done anything with it yet, um, before I'd even thought of, like, Monsieur Dick Swallow, um, I wanted to, like, I wanted to, um, I thought about being a vampire for half a minute, but I decided, like, against it, just because I thought the, I wanted, being a plain guy sounded, like, a lot more fun to me, you know, just being a guy. (laughs) So, instead of being a vampire, I decided to work in an office. <laughs> you think you know. Leo today would have made that same decision. I I don't know. I don't I think don't so. I don't think so. Do you think if Leo today was asked who he'd play in Camp Moon Mirror, would he choose to play an office FBI agent? God, I I've really personally, I've actually really envied the counselors because i really do like the involvement they have with the story and i just i don't know i i like the idea of like being a camp counselor and like being like more involved in the story like that but i don't know i really i guess i really do like being an agent for this project specifically i think this project is really like like lined up well for me to be like you know a 
a quote unquote B plot character, which I don't want to call him that because I don't really feel like that is accurate, but that's what makes the most sense in my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think in another life, I would have chose a counselor to play, but I think I am, I'm, I'm obviously very content and happy with where the story's at as of right now. And I love Richard and I love Jonathan. So no complaints. How do you guys feel about your player characters? Like, do you guys like feel the same? Like, do you guys like love them? I I don't think I say it frequently enough. I love Bowie so much. (laughs) A little shit. I want to kill him. Richard is so hard to play. Richard is hard for me to play because he is a boring guy. And everyone knows that I'm very loud and very emotional. And he's the exact opposite of that. So he's hard to play at times, but... I love him as a character. I absolutely adore him as a character. I thought I wasn't going to like what he kind of like turned into. Cause when I originally wanted to play him, I was going to play a lot more like a suave, like cool guy. He was going to be a lot more like capable feeling. And I love feel like he ended up from the X files and you yeah. can turn into the Scully. Yeah. He's a lot mm-hmm. more like not goofy, but like inherently like goofy things happen to him. You know what I mean? So I feel like a goofy magnet. Yeah. He brings in the goofy. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> what about the other two of you? Do you guys love your little guys? I feel like I say this a lot, but also not enough. I love Lillian Pats. I love her to death. That's my little that's my little smorblow, my little scrimble. Scrunkly. No. No, I get it. I get it. Smorbo? I yeah, could have been Smorbo. <laughs> <laughs> you ever just smash letters together and that's how you feel about a character? Yeah. That's how I feel about Lily. I think she holds uh, a lot of characteristics of me, which is kind of dangerous when you're playing a character to make them so much like yourself. Um, but... There's also so much to her that is not like me. Like, I don't like kids. <laughs> I think they're Fair else enough. real of you. Fair it's enough. so real of you. I, I just, I don't have the, uh, the patience or gentleness that Lily does when it comes to little kids. I just, I just want to know what's wrong with him. You mean so do we? So do we? What's his problem? I actually, you know, I want to know what is in Kaney's DNA that makes everyone. Everyone, like, that's a, I want to know what you put in this boy. I want to know what you put in this boy that made everyone go fucking crazy for. I would also, like to know. Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel knowing like you literally have like everyone's favorite character? <laughs> <laughs> No way. <laughs> did you see it coming like I did? Because I, from the I first saw it episode, coming. miles knew. away. When I, miles yeah, when away. I heard how Stranger was playing him, I was like, oh, okay. But it's still, I want to know what Stranger put in him. <laughs> I didn't think that way at all. <laughs> 
Maybe that's how what you become a Tumblr sexy man. It's just don't think about it. Yeah, you can't else. try. You can never try to become a Tumblr sexy man. It has to happen naturally. But like, what 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 did you think reaction was going to be then, Stranger? If not endless adoration, apparently. <laughs> I base him off of some of the worst people I know. So I don't. <laughs> Wait. No way. No way. No fucking way. No fucking Drop names. Way. Let me bleep them out. Drop names. Let me bleep them out. <laughs> no. no fucking way. Oh my god. What a comment. Serial killers. So. I did not expect that stranger lore drop tonight. Oh. <laughs> I just not like bad in a bad way, but like bad in like a boring way. <laughs> and for whatever reason, it's just not happened. <laughs> No, but people love him. People don't find him boring at all. Everybody loves the bird watching counselor. Everyone loves the guy in Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> it's not just the bird watch. It's like he's a lake, bro. He's a lake. He's a dead lake that for some reason gets to be hot. Like that's not fair. <laughs> Actually, this is, this is a great time to expose the rest of us because I had to edit this episode and relive this. When Stranger was going full murder with Kane East, there were about, I'm not kidding, four times where me, Indy, and Sever had to pause <laughs> and have a moment about it. Because Kane was unnecessarily hot when trying to kill Lily. Was that on purpose or was that also you just being like, whoops? No, that was the killing. <laughs> that, is that the answer? <laughs> That was the murderous intent. The stranger just responded by calling us all mentally ill. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> you can't just say that, bro. <laughs> God. Call it as I see it. <laughs> so fucked up. I don't know when to work my question is when, but my phone's about to die. Can I ask one of the questions yes. I have typed up? Just like, uh, of course. Oh God, where my notepads go. Uh, okay. Uh, this one's mostly towards you, Eden. Uh, and you kind of answered like the what aspects you do of like editing and um, like preparing the episodes and stuff for upload. But what would you say like are your least and your most favorite parts of that? If you, I guess, if you have any. Um. Ooh, my favorite parts are when I I've been calling them like little like like I don't even I've been calling them like little pockets like movie pockets is when I get to create like these quick like you guys have set it up for me. I have nailed the narration and I set up like these little 30 second to minute long, just sections of the episode where it just turns completely cinematic. There's like no actual play involved. Like the music is good. The sound effects are good. It's like this little just area of just really good media in my opinion. Like I just create this little section where it's like truly like what in a, in a perfect world. Like I often joke, I'm like, I, I, when I editing, I pretend Camu Mirror is a TV show and I edit it as if it was a TV show. Like I have this perfect pocket. I'm like, if I could see this on screen, it has worked out so well. Like just little areas of that. That's probably my favorite part. Um, Lee's favorite part is probably sorting through the raw audio. Just it's, it's never going to be fun to like have to dissect for hours the ums, the likes, the pauses sifting through people's cats in the background sifting through dice noises like it's just the boring side of it you know what i mean i but i it you have to do it to get to the rest of it it's just never gonna be like the fun part you know what i mean yeah 
but it's fun. I really have enjoyed editing it. And you guys make it, you guys make it fun. Like you guys are genuinely really fucking funny and entertaining. So like editing it is never like boring in a greater sense because like I'm always enjoying myself hearing it back. And you guys make me laugh while editing. Like I love you guys as characters. I love what you guys do with them. I love you guys a sense of humor. Like you guys are my You'll, friends for a reason, you know what I mean? I just get to listen to my friends talk for, like, three hours. Why would I complain? You'll be editing it out loud, like, around me, and I'll, like, be doing my own thing, minding my own business, and, like, something so funny will happen, and you'll edit something so good that I, like, stop and I'll listen and I'll laugh, or, like, I, I'll have to be like, wait, play that back again? And then I'll, like, stop whatever I'm doing, and I'll sit there and I'll listen to, like, 15 minutes of it, and I really, I know you hate, like... Or at least, like, you don't prefer, like, all that editing and stuff and all the time consumption. But I love hearing you edit it, like, throughout my day. That's, like, that's my main consumption of it is 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 hearing you edit it. Yeah, because you do all of the artwork and stuff. So, like, me and you will just sit and basically have, like, moon mirror work sessions. I'm mm-hmm. editing, you're drawing. Like, me and Leo have been storyboarding the season two trailers and figuring out what art I'm going to need for that, what help I need, like, filming all of that. Like, I might even have to travel to film some of it. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot. So, like, the the behind-the-scenes stuff, I really like doing it with you, Leo. Like, I just want to shout that out real quick. It's been very nice to have someone work with me on this and the the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, we're doing completely different stuff. You're working strictly on visuals. I'm over here editing the actual episodes. But, like, it's nice, like... If that makes any sense. I don't know if I'm putting it into words correctly, but it's nice. It's, it's, it's nice, like working in person with someone on this project. I think, I think if I was like alone in my room, I think it'd be a lot harder for me to, to get some of this stuff done, but it's Mm -hmm. nice having someone else to like, who's also involved in moon mirror to work on moon mirror with. Yeah. And like, I said this, I think to Indy like a few days ago or something. I don't go a single day without thinking about moon mirror whether that because I'm working on something, I'm writing something, or I'm just excited about the project just like existing. And so like, I like the way you phrase it, like having someone in person with me to work on stuff together. Cause like Moon Mirror has become such a big part of my daily life. It's nice to like share that with someone in person like that. Indy, did you have any more questions before your phone died? I didn't yeah, want to like- I just, Yeah, 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 I do. Okay, I have, I have a couple more. So I, I guess two of these can kind of go together. Uh, which one of them I, I, uh, were like, what were your biggest inspirations for Moon Mirror? And I know when we played your D&D campaign you ran for Leah and I a while ago, you had had that story like in your head for years. How long has like Moon Mirror existed in your little mind palace? Since 2014. Yeah. So, like a hot minute wow. is like 20. Because I remember when you told me the, the D&D yeah. thing, you were like, this is like the prerequisite to like a novel I've been working on for like, years and i was like i was like whoa holy shit and so i was like i wonder how that is for moon mirror if it was just like a you had some friends who wanted to play another game and you were like let me think aha this one or if you've had this one in your little creature palace up there i'm always having ideas for stuff like i literally always have new ideas for like writing or something like always um because a lot of my ideas come from dreams i have and so in like 2014 or something, I had some kind of nightmare about a summer camp because I went to summer camp every single summer when I was a kid. I was counselor at a camp, stuff like that. And so like I had a nightmare about it in like 2014. I wrote down the notes 
and then completely forgot about it until 2016 when I got into D&D. And then I was like, I really wanted to find a group to play with. But as far as I knew back in 2016, because I didn't have anyone who was into tabletop games and I didn't have a lot of like things to reference. I was like, oh, well, I think this would be cool, but it's not fantasy. So I guess I can never do it because I'm only aware of Pathfinder and D&D. And that's literally it. And then 2017, I got really into tats and I was like, okay, I need to find people to play with. I really want to do something. And then the Adventure Zone used um, Monster of the Week for Taz Amnesty. And that's when it like all clicked for me. And I actually sat down and seriously figured out how I would want to make this into a thing. Um, it's like my biggest inspirations for it come from, well, my, my experiences at summer camp, you know, it was a huge part of my life growing up. Um, my, the exact layout and location and everything of Camp Moonmere is based completely off of where I went to summer camp up in Michigan every single summer. And, um, it's that mixed with basically everything I love about horror movies, everything I love about 80s horror movies, 80s media, the campiness, like the the weird horror, like because the horror genre I feel like was really at its peak in the 80s and 90s because everything that's referenced now today, every movie you see now, it's already been done before. It's already been done perfectly before. It's already been completely nailed back in the 80s and 90s. Um, if you're watching any horror movie now, you are just watching one from then. And... Um, which is why I don't hide like the references we make in this. I don't hide the parodies we do and stuff. Cause Cam Moon Mirror really is a love letter to all of that. It is both like technically satire. It's technically pastiche. It's all of that stuff, but mainly it's like a big thank you to the media that made me as a person. So I've been sitting on this one for a while. So I'm very grateful we're able to play it. And I remember when we decided you were going to run a game for us and we were all kind of trying to figure out who would run a game. And when we were still picking out the group and everything, you had given us an option of like three or four things. And I knew one of them was, I think, the campaign you're yes. running for us next. This one, and I don't even remember what the third one was at this point. But like, yeah. I remember having a preference for that one because I was like, I know what this one is. I mean, Eden's been mm -hmm. talking about this one for a while now. This one's going to be so fun. Um, but I, I, I remember reading the, like, whatever you had prompted for this one. I was like, mm -hmm. that actually sounds so fucking cool. I'm glad you guys have liked it. I'm glad. Because I know you guys are not, at least, Indy, you don't count. Your character's literally named Bowie. You have a David Bowie tattoo. Back up. Like, the rest <laughs> of you all aren't super familiar, I guess, with the intense level of 80s that me and Indy regularly inject into our bodies. I love like injecting the 80s into my body every week, into my thigh. So how do you guys feel about all the 80s references and 80s-ness of it all, considering the fact you all don't have it as your lifeblood? I didn't realize until we started playing more Camp Moon Mirror and I started to, like, actually, like, be okay with the 80s that, like, I was raised with a lot of, like, the 80s aesthetic and, like, movies and music and stuff. Like, my mom just, like, had a lot of, like, 80s shit around our house all the time. And I didn't know it was 80s until, like, we started playing more of Camp Moon Mirror and you started teaching me, like, what the actual 80s aesthetic is. Um, I think I've enjoyed learning about other decades because, Eden, you know this. I have never been someone to, like, immerse myself in other, like, history in any regard. I hate history just because... 
I've I've never had the brain capacity to remember any of it. And I'm just not a history person. I'm much more so like the future. So like being like like playing Camp Moon Mirror has been fun, like just learning about like I don't know, just like a different time period and like seeing like that aesthetic getting to play around with like that art, like drawing the characters in 80s clothes with 80s hairstyles, the et cetera, that sort of thing. So I've enjoyed the amount of 80s. I definitely was bitter about it at the start, but I'm warming up to it as time goes on. I was gonna say, I, you know, you at least used to have a resentment for anything that was like pre two thousand. I have like a distinct memory of us driving yeah. around in a car once listening to eighties music, and you're like, "I don't listen to anything if it was pro- pro- produced before the 2000s. And Eden and yeah. I were like, "Shut up and listen to this eighties <laughs> banger." Except for like doo wop music for some reason. I've always fucking loved like forties music, like nineteen. Like, like the Fallout Radio bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I had never seen breakfast club before playing camp moon mirror so that tells you how much knowledge i had about the 80s as a time period uh the closest thing that i had to knowledge of the 80s was uh the heather's musical and the movie um okay at least so not even so yeah, like the musical isn't even set in the eighties. This and is when you said musical, and I was like, no, no, no. And they just the animated. I was like, okay, thank God. In, the musical's not no. set in the eighties. It literally not. says September 6, nineteen eighty nine. In the it's, first it's song. repeating the. It's, it's a, that's her just diary entry in in the movie. But it's, it's not. Yeah, it's because like the actual show has. No, no references, 80s. no like eighties um, like propages for the school or anything like that. It's the clothing isn't even eighties. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, the the movie is like. I watch Heather's at least five times a year. Is it because I love Winona Ryder? I both love Winona Ryder. Love Kristen Slater. Anyway, continue suffer. Um. So. I was a little bit wary coming into mm-hmm. it. Uh, I, much like Leo, had a uh, disposition of dislike towards any music not made before the 2000s uh, or made before the 2000s. Um, and I think this really, it broadened my horizon uh, one of my 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 Lily playlist is one of my most listened to playlists of last year. Um, so I, I think I'm still trying to get with it, but like I do like it. I I do like how it feels unique mm-hmm. in the way that it is presented. So I think that is helping immensely with my um, lack of knowledge of the time period. It's in the 80s. <laughs> Shut up. Oh my God. <laughs> Stranger's like, wait, we have a D&D podcast? <laughs> I just thought Good it was Lord. like that because it's camp. <laughs> <laughs> Not all summer camps just consistently feeling like the 80s. I mean, honestly... That's actually so one of the reasons why I think the 80s is the perfect era to also set horror stuff in is actually because of I, all the reasons I enjoyed summer camps. Get limited, limited communication in the sense of like you don't have 
a phone with you, at least my camp, like we weren't allowed cell phones and stuff like that. And you don't have a computer, you don't have a cell phone. Um, there is other analog technology, you know, people could still communicate with each other in a regular, like regularly fast way in the sense of like home phones, walkie talkies, uh, loudspeakers, all that stuff still existed. Um, there was a way to bring music with you with cassettes and stuff like that, but there is such limited instant communication. I think it is like the best way to do horror. Cause I mean, what's scary now, if you could literally, you can text the police now like you can contact the police without even having to make a single noise nothing is scary about that in the sense of like you know if you're trying to do like a slasher film you know what i mean you explained to me the appeal of 80s technology specifically and that was one of the things that actually turned me more on to the 80s because i i didn't think about how like modern day technology how it affects like narratively a lot of stories just like logic wise Mm -hmm. because of like the usage of like phones and cameras and tvs and whatever other technology there is so i've actually really like grown fond of like the 80s like technology era wise just for from a storytelling perspective because of you Mm -hmm. and it's like it's just also modern horror is so hard to write if you're using technology stuff because like there's no such thing as your phone not having signal anymore most cars that are made nowadays have built-in wi-fi like there is nothing to be scared of anymore unless you're making a horror movie specifically about mass communication like black mirror is still killing it because the horror is the fact there's wi-fi in the car but like (laughs) But, like, I couldn't imagine trying to set something like Camp Moon Mirror in the modern age because everything could be solved by one character bringing out a phone. You know? <laughs> Let me Google this real quick, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bowie would, like, fact check and Google anything anybody ever said to him. If, so if, Bowie, if Bowie had a phone, do you think he would have, like, looked something up in, in, in the hate crime episode? Or do you think he still would have done all that? I think he still would have done all that. I think he still would have put on that play. Because I think he would have, the way he would have Googled it would have made it come up with like heroin or cocaine or some shit. And one of those like comedic ways where where he's like Googling just the perfect thing to avoid. Like when you're Googling your ailments and it's like, you have cancer. (laughs) Some shit like that. So fucked up. Gets the WebMD and or. uh, Your friend's a heroin addict. Good luck. The Urban Dictionary version of it. Yeah. Good lord. I want to, sorry, this is kind of a sidetrack. Now that we're talking about Moon Mirror and modern technology, I want to see what kind of social medias Kenneth would have. Oh, his Tumblr blog. (laughs) Welcome to my twisted mind. I think he would have a queer discourse blog. I think he would get into fights for fun. And they'd be meaningless, dumb fights. No one would care. Micro-label discourse type of stuff. Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> I love him. I see it. I see it so clearly in my mind's eye. God. You know, speaking actually, of- oh. I was going to say, speaking of Kenneth, I was going to ask who everyone's favorite NPCs were. That was that was my uh, favorite and least favorite NPCs were my, was my last question for everyone. Oh, was I'll it? let you guys answer before I answer. <laughs> I could go I, first. I feel like Oh, nope. oh no, no, you go yeah, first. If you want to go first. No, I was just going to say I love Kenneth. <laughs> I like Kenneth we a know. lot. <laughs> we, we know. He's my favorite. I really like Kenneth. 
and Jonathan, I guess. But I really like Kenneth. <laughs> Jonathan is our only uh, straight character with lines. Fun fact. <sighs> Isn't that tragic? <laughs> so who's your least favorite, Leo? My least favorite? I don't know if I hate anyone from Camp Moon Mirror. I no, genuinely... Like, who's, your, who's your least favorite? Like, Do who you I, have a least favorite? Who I vibe with least? Like, maybe, I guess. Or, like, however you want to answer it, but... If Riot ever pulled the goody two-shoes act in front of me and tried to get in my <laughs> way of doing something, I would go fucking insane. I would go absolutely batshit. And that's my only gripe with Riot is that he's he's sometimes he's like, well, we got to do the right thing. And I'm like, I, I am not on your side. <laughs> that's why I like Sorry. Kenneth and Bowie. Well, it's funny because I think our answers are kind of reversed. (laughs) Go on. Speak your truth. I love Riot because I love people who are just so oblivious (laughs) to the world around them. And it's just kind of... I play Lily, (laughs) Riot. It's kind of like you know <laughs> what what else could it be um, what else what who yeah. else could you say <laughs> what else would the answer be it would be viper but we're not going to get into that <laughs> um and i in the beginning i really really disliked kenneth like it was dislike now he's he has grown on me but he's still my least favorite character but it's just because the the cast of npcs that we have met is just so it's vast and i haven't i haven't met a character that i really dislike Mm -hmm. even though i did dislike kenneth in the beginning like i said it that has kind of gone away for me with, you know, the progression of season one and um, what we've recorded for season two. Um, So it's just, it's, if there's got to be one, it's going to have to be Kenneth. That's crazy to me. Cause the second he opened his mouth, I instantly fell in love with him. Like literally head over heels swooning. Like I already have a Pinterest board for him. Oh my like, God. I my entire personality, Kenneth Knight. Like the second. You have some playlists on Spotify. I have playlists <laughs> for him on my Spotify. Not just for him too. You have ship playlists for him. I have ship playlists for him perhaps. <laughs> maybe i, I listened to it a lot last year i i think that's just because we're we're really similar as people but we are also so different that like this these answers make sense yeah you know what fair enough i think it's actually very iconic that we have the exact opposite npc answers <laughs> i've been thinking about my answer for this one since i wrote these questions down because i I can't even think I could pick a favorite exclusively just because I love. So I, it feels just cheat to say Kenneth because it's just my bestie. <laughs> it feels cheap cheating to say Kyle because I'm in love with Kyle. 
It feels cheating to say Venom because I want to suck Venom's dick. Oops! You killed Eden. You killed him. He's on the table, dead. <laughs> oh no! I unplugged my headphones. I can't find the plug to plug it back in. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay, I fixed that. <laughs> Jenny, because I just also want to kiss Jenny and <laughs> Valerie and all of them. I just, I don't know. I have a hard time picking a favorite because I love your NPC so much. He's still dying. He's still hunched over yeah, his desk, wheezing. I'm glad. Have fun bleeping that Who's one your least favorite? And, there, and there's my predicament once again. <laughs> Uh, I love keeping in what you said. I'm keeping in what you said. About in full, Venom. no bleep. In full, no okay, bleep. that's fine with me. I'll. I have no shame in that. I am grinning from you. Can't see me because my phone's in. I can't see my camera. I am grinning from ear to ear right now. I want to suck that man's dick more than anything in the world. <laughs> I want to get on my knees and give this man the sloppiest of toppiest. Oh, <laughs> right when I took a sip of water, like right. <laughs> <laughs> You so don't no cupcake sauce. <laughs> no. You do not have to <laughs> Just because I said I wasn't gonna bleep, it was on invitation. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, uh, I was gonna say, oh yeah, I, I don't think I can pick a least favorite either. Next question is gonna be who's in NPC's dick would you suck? I guess. What a nice venom. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Indy. Anyway, Stranger, who's your favorite and least favorite NPC? Um, well, my least favorite is Riot. Elaborate. I feel like it's very self-explanatory. Explain for those who it might not be explanatory to. Um, it says here, uh, Kane told Riot, Riot freaks out. I'm just reading my notes. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, as well. I see. I like all of the um, the monster characters, all the creatures in the campaign. Sprinkle. Even the cave babies? <gasps> Sprinkle. Even, oh. the cave babies. Even the clown? <laughs> I love Especially horse. the clown. Yeah. Especially oh. the clown. Maybe Stranger's not, but... not the one with problems I, with clowns. No, Stranger, that's me. I know Stranger doesn't have clown problems, but that's fucking Sprinkles, okay? I'm allowed to be unsettled. <laughs> what is wrong with Sprinkles? Why does everybody hate him? Leave Sprinkles alone. I don't hate Sprinkles specifically. I just hate all clowns in general. I love that guy. Ooh. Oh, Jesus. I mm, No, I will not. I For a second there, I was like, I feel like it's boring to answer who's my favorite and least favorite NPC. I should answer for the player characters. I'm not going to do that. I'd <laughs> be so fucked up. I feel up. like we've had this conversation once before. And you all have wanted went, me to choose, and I'm not choosing. I don't need you to choose, because I know. If you do were you? choosing Bowie would be the bottom, I don't think I'd care. So if that's what you're worried about, I say. I do. feel like the I feel like the ranking would surprise you all. Is what I think. I don't think you all would be able to predict if I was to rank your boys. 
I say that I know, but that's just because I have a huge fucking ego and uh, a god complex. Yeah, you're like, as a Sagittarius, I know. <laughs> god. When it comes to favorite NPC, though, I think my favorite NPC actually might be Barty. Barty and Billy as a unit. Oh, I loved the little part at the beginning of the finale. Like, like I didn't listen to that. I love them. Cool. I have so much. So much of them is being that was a big. That was like that was a big one for me. That I was like, I'm learning things about them that I did not think I could learn about them. I love them. No, I hate that, but we can't them. be like friends with them because I want I want to learn things about them from like a friend standpoint in the game. If that makes sense. I mean, to be fair, Bowie's never tried. <gasps> Don't know how it would work, but he's also never tried. On Bowie's list, we're good. It's already there. You would have to roll the highest. <laughs> and Bowie notoriously does not roll well. No. What if that's the one time? What if that's the one time he just fucking nails it? Two t- two sixes. That'd be on the dice. Yeah. Imagine. <sighs> I feel like there's only one way that would work, and that's only through a theory that I'm not even entirely sure would work. Ooh. Can't wait for the next time we record. So, does anyone have any, like, final thoughts or anything about season one of Camp Moon wait, here? who's your least favorite NPC? Oh, who is my least, least favorite? Um, This is gonna suck to say, because I, I, I don't think I have a genuine least favorite, Mm-hmm. But I think my least favorite in a greater sense is also Riot. And it is, it is, I love him. I love him. I love everything I write for him. I think it's just because um, he is truly out of everyone you've met. He really is just a guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's not secretly a monster. He doesn't have this like big, cool, interesting backstory. He genuinely is a guy who goes to camp. His dad happens to manage the camp and his mom is a university teacher. And that's like, he doesn't have anything cool. You know what I mean? And compared to the other characters. And so I think he's just my least favorite because he genuinely does not have as an individual a lot to like, contribute if that mm-hmm. makes sense is he really is there as support for you all he's as support he's there as guidance he's there as to help you all get the supplies you need if you all have in-game questions he can answer them but that's pretty much it he's like the perfect tutorial character but that doesn't like, leave a lot for like i like that wording you know. a lot because that's all he is really he is truly the guy because even the other characters hmm? Oh, you're good. Go ahead. I can say my. Honestly, oh, so even good. even the other characters that are just a guy, like Bowie has an alien. Uh, Kane's no longer just a guy; he's a lake. Um, Kyle, even though he is just a guy, like he has an edge to him that takes him from like normal guy to like involved with you all. You know what I mean? He's not a monster, but he has like the personality. That takes him that one step up, if that makes any sense. And then everyone else is a monster, so. Yeah, right? It's like the one guy that I feel like doesn't have a secret. Like, I feel like I can walk up to Ryan and just ask him, like, literally. Yeah, exactly. Here's the answer, but there's, like, select questions that I could ask literally any other NPC, and they'd be like, 
oh, 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 that tree over there looks real nice. Yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the only thing Riot would technically be considered having a secret is his very obvious crush on Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which i mean when your dad's calling you out every single time your dad's on screen doesn't really count as a secret i, thought, I was like say. it was not a secret to anyone but him who thinks he can make it a secret exactly 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 do you guys have any like final thoughts about season one wish bowie kissed more men <laughs> that's your biggest regret my biggest regret I'm just excited for season two. I'm so excited for season two. My thoughts are so big and loud and my feelings are so like big, huge that I don't even know what to say about it. Sum it up in one word. I can't think of any words that aren't just boys or men. (laughs) (laughs) I can't keep being your default. It is every time. I don't mean it to be. Stranger, what about you? I don't have any. No thoughts on season one at all? Make one up. Um, Make up a thought. Why did they do so many drugs? <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if all of Moon Mirror was just one big trip? <laughs> uh, is that the Imagine. 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 <laughs> I can't believe Stranger just guessed my entire plot. (laughs) (laughs) Rewrite the whole thing. Damn, I guess we don't need to do season two or three. You guys just gotta listen to this episode. (laughs) So fucked up. Instead of summoning serial... Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, instead of summoning serial killers, it's just doing psychedelics in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, any final questions, comments, or concerns before we officially just turn our attention on season two? I love you guys. I love you guys. Not to like get gross and emotional, I guess, at the end of this thing. No, but, like, let's so get gross and get emotional. To, like, do this together. I don't know. It makes it makes me really happy that we have like our fun little thing. And like, I know Mumir being can be kind of a pain in the ass, but I'm so glad we have this to like listen back on and like enjoy because that's something I always like am so bummed about every time I play like tabletop games with my friends and I don't have like. I can't experience again. Once it's out in the world, it's out in the world. And I never get to like enjoy that again. And I enjoy that I get to do that with you guys a lot. I mean, you four literally have letters for me that say how much I love you guys. And Suffer so. can't take it back no matter how annoying we are. Even if Suffer uh, is writing well, me a big fuck you letter next time they come to see me. <laughs> like I said, I can always give you new letters. <laughs> but we still have the first ones. Those first ones always still exist. They're not contractual. You signed them. So actually, technically, they might be. <laughs> Bring it that shit to a lawyer. Get it notarized. Zephyr said they had to love me forever. <laughs> In writing. Uh, no, but actually, like creating stuff with people is probably my biggest love language. Just like making stuff with people, whether it be something small or like something like this and so like i i just really appreciate you guys a lot i really love you guys and i don't think i could have possibly found a better group of people for this i think so much about how like we like found like the perfect formula for moon mirror because i genuinely can't think of a way we could have done moon mirror with like any anyone else cast at all like even if mm-hmm. any of us played different characters like i 
Because I know I like Bowie was not my first choice of character for this. And I have no idea how my first choice of character would have fit into this at all. It's, I just, it's so cool that we managed to like all of our brains melded together perfectly for like mm-hmm. Moon Mirror. And it's crazy because I think about like the time when you guys were first going to do this. I wasn't a part of it. I got really confused by the monster of the week mechanics Mm -hmm. and like setting up the character sheet that I was almost like, I don't know if I can do this. I got overwhelmed really easily. And then I was like, Hey, if you go over with like making a character sheet for me, I'm totally down to play this. And then it happened. I think that is the night that Lily Pads was, was born. born. It's so crazy. I get really like I get really Pisces about it because like we all met kind of on accident too, mm-hmm. like by complete chance of the fucking TikTok algorithm. Mm. And so it's like whenever I think about the fact that like now like because like our we met in 2021 in August and it's officially been you know, two years of us being in each other's lives like that. Like our friendship anniversary is at the end of August. I believe it is August 28th for both of you guys, if I am not mistaken. <gasps> and, and so like, you I've just been very month. It is the friendship anniversary is based when they messaged me on Twitter, so you can fully blame Suffer and Stranger. So fucked up. During my birthday. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's it's weird to think about, you know what I mean? And then now like we're here, we're making this thing together. We've seen each other in person so many times, we've visited each other. Like, you guys have become a part of my daily life, and you guys really mean a lot to me. So it was just kind of surreal, you know what I mean, looking back. This is the half an hour portion where everybody gets sappy. Where everyone gets sappy, and then I post it online, so once again, it's notarized, and we can't take any of it back. I, I Listen, I'm just waiting for Bowie to make one wrong move. <laughs> he one does more. every episode. Every episode he every makes episode. one wrong move. Every episode. <laughs> there's gonna be a new note coming your way. I, I think I, I think you and I talked about this ever like last time we record. I, it was like one episode you and I were talking about. You were like, I think Bowie did did genuinely go too far, and I think the only thing that saved our friendship was our friendship. I don't remember what it was, but I feel like I remember us having that conversation. Genuinely, I think it was the canoe episode. Was it the canoe episode. I, I think so. <laughs> Oh my god. No way. Suffer's gonna come that- down for Awa and like Suffer like me, me I'm gonna be over here showing Stranger Evangelion and then over here Suffer and Indy are gonna be giving each other notes about how much they hate each other. <laughs> oh no, only that's a that's not a double sided feeling. Only Suffer hates me. I love Suffer to the end of the earth. That's why I treat Suffer the way I do. I love Indy, but Bowie gets on my fucking nerves. <laughs> I think it's funny that all the characters suffer hates because they get on their nerves or all the characters I love because they're the most annoying. <laughs> it's so real. 
You don't have to play with them anymore. That's the thing. I, I say give it, give imagine, it into the cyberpunk campaign. Give well, it imagine cyberpunk campaign. Richard Swallow being accosted by Bowie. Just wait. Leo also acts like he doesn't feel the way you feel, like Lily feels about Bowie every and Kenneth every single time Leo has to come and pick me up and then sit in the car with Eden and I for an hour and a half. I channel Leo That's the way Lily feels every time Lily's sitting in her in her fucking room with Kenneth and Bowie. Because I I can't emphasize it enough. They're like especially that scene in the finale when. Bowie and Kenneth are like, well, we haven't looked behind us. <laughs> well, we haven't looked. I left. Like me, that's me and Indiana Walmart. Like it's it's terrible. We haven't looked under us. Oh God, I hope he's not under me. <laughs> I love that line in the finale, and no one gives it the appreciation it deserves. It's, my, it's one of my favorite fucking jokes in the finale. <laughs> my one-liners that come from Kenneth are amazing. Why do you think he's my favorite? It's hard to keep, like, Kenneth's sense of humor going because I have to keep up, like, I hope this makes sense. Each NPC was made for a specific player character, like, in the sense, like, they are meant to balance them out, help their plot along, et cetera, et cetera. And Kenneth was made explicitly for Kane's plotline. And so, like, Stranger has some of the best one-liners ever. We've all heard the episodes. It's awful how funny he is because I have to keep up with that. It's and it's so hard to keep Kenneth on that level. It's so hard because, like, Stranger, you're really funny. It is very hard to keep up with. So, sometimes Stranger makes the jokes in Moomir, and I'm always like, why the fuck didn't I think of that? Why didn't I say that? All the time. All the fucking time. All the time. What do you guys hope to get out of season two? Boys kissing. I was okay. gonna say more boys kissing. Yeah, I really was also gonna kiss. say some kisses. Stranger, <laughs> give me something. What do you want out of season two? Um, mm. straight people. <laughs> <laughs> you are so mean. You're so fucking mean. <laughs> we need more than one. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> look at how far Leo's gone. Because I, I know what Leo's thinking right now. Leo's like, Stranger didn't say anything nice during the savvy part, and now Stranger wants straight people in the podcast. <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> Kate, is coming again and now. Besides boys kissing, what do you hope to get a season two? Why is that not good enough answer for you? There was a comment that Lily's Funkle made that has haunted me to this day. And if I don't find out... Is it the one I'm thinking of? Is it the one I'm thinking of? What line is it? It's the one about Lily's mom. I knew it. Oh, yes. If I don't find out what that's about, I think I'll go fucking insane. Like, you'll need to put me down. I think I know that one. my campaign notes lovingly. You do know that one. I do know that one. Like, I feel like I know the answer, but, like, I need it said to me in plain words. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be so insufferable if I never find out what that meant. What frogs that don't is. teleport. Frogs don't have wings. These are all questions. <laughs> frogs don't <laughs> feel, as we've said before. I love giving Lily more frog attributes than human. That's I my know favorite. That's, not, that's my favorite. 
I love that. I I I hope that when the, people draw like fan art, I hope when people I hope when people draw fan art, they're like, "Here's my Lily head cannon." So they're like, she secretes mucus on her entire body. Like that's that's the level I'm willing to go to. She tastes through her skin. Yeah, that's literally where I. I draw the line. Do not draw her slimy. I would be so uncomfortable. That's the frog line. (laughs) See, I like how you're like, here's my strict boundary for Lily. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, I've already decided all fan fiction is canon. All fan fiction is canon in Moon Mirror. Every headcanon. Woo! Wild West here. Unless you canon Bowie is straight. Then you're just wrong. You can't headcanon anyone as straight or you're automatically wrong. Besides that, it's all good to go. <laughs> the only headcanons and fanfictions that aren't valid are anything that comes from people who are Elon Musk fans. If you stand <laughs> Musk, you're not welcome here. <laughs> Get the fuck out! Get the fuck out of here. Get out. Boo. Boo. Anyway. I actually got asked... In person, by a real human being, I got asked why um, why we alienate our conservative audience by having such a liberal show. Shut up. Yeah. Shut in up. real, in person, by, by a human being, by a human being, and I I didn't really have a response for that besides the fact I'm like the show is made by five queer people. That's the literally that's the, I, like what else do I say? Of course we're alienating our fucking conservative audience. That's the whole point. Conservative audience? Where? I don't want us to have one. I was gonna say we didn't want you here in the first place. You have weren't invited to camp. <laughs> Notice There's how it's set, it's set in the eighties where people love gay people and mm-hmm. love people of color. That's not a coincidence. <laughs> this is an eighties where the Reagans had minimal input. <laughs> there's a reason there's only one straight character <laughs> and he's still fruity as hell <laughs> oh i'm so sad every day <laughs> anyway do you guys have any final thank yous goodbyes or anything for the listeners before we wrap it up Oh my god, your guys' art makes me cry every every time. Every oh my god, every single time. I'm I'm opening up X for a reason. Hold on, there's one. We cannot call it X. We have to dead name it. It's Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) No, we have to dead name it. There's one specific artist, and I'm in love with their art style. uh, At rainy at rainy creek on Twitter. Yeah, you are my favorite person. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are my Killing favorite it. person. Killing it. Yes, thank you so Playing much for game. all of your the art. The way you draw all the characters, and especially Lily, I, oh my god, every time I see your art, I cry. And if anybody else wants a shout out, just start tweeting your art at us. I know. You'll end up on my Adon. page for sure. Shout out to Adon. Adon. Oh my god, when Adon drew oh the my god. art. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Adot, I know you're listening. Eventually. I hope they're okay with their names being solidified in Moon Mirror history forever. Shout out to those. Those two. I mean, they make us art we love. We're oh really yeah, of course. Them. Of course. And like, it's all of us lose our minds. 
Like I, whenever I, whenever I see it first, or whenever I get the notification, I send it into the, like the, into our discord and we all have a moment over all the art we get, no matter who it's by, no matter what, like we all lose our fucking minds. It's, oh, it's yeah. still, it's still so surreal to see, like, since, since I do all of the art for Moon Mirror, it's so surreal seeing other people's art styles interpret like like my visual portrayals of the character it's one of my favorite things to see is how like different people like interpret different things different ways and how like they draw them in their own styles i've been really in love with the fan content we've been receiving lately like it 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 fills something in my heart that like it it just it's i've been so in love with it as as the artist of moon mirror i've been so in love with the fan art we've received I've I've never <clears throat> I've never thought that I'd ever have fan art of one of the characters that I like birthed from my brain. So anytime I see fan art of Lily, I'm like on the verge of tears in a good way. Mm-hmm. I know for me, it just feels like surreal in the sense. I don't know if this happens to you all. I often forget that even, even though I'm literally editing and posting it, I often forget people listen to Cam Moonmere. You know what I mean? Like, and so I'm just, I'm forever grateful for the people who take time out of their day to actually listen to us, especially like as we've, cause we've kind of also learned as we've gone, you know what I mean? A lot of like, especially from a production side, this has been like, I learn as I go, Leo learns as he goes, you know what I mean? We're all trying to still figure out our footing i think we're in a much better place now than when we started a year ago but like we're still all trying to figure it out and so i think that's also like i'm just always grateful people take time out of their day for an independent project made very much by non-professional people trying our best and it's and so many hours it. it's so many hours to dedicate yourself to and i think that's, that's what always gets me and is season that- two is going to be even longer you know what yeah. i mean it's, and so I'm just very grateful. I'm full of warm, fuzzy feelings about it. It's really an honor to have people mm-hmm. dedicate themselves through through all of that and mm-hmm. enjoy it, I think is the most important part. People enjoying it and taking it to heart. And it's very humbling. You know what I mean? Because like my, my, my uncle is a big fan of this and he'll like text me about the episodes and like people will listen to it and message about the episodes, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's a very like surreal experience. It, it's, it, it's, uh, it's interesting just as someone like, I've, I've always written stuff. I've always made stuff, but I've often kept it like either anonymous or private, or I don't really share with people what I make. So it's a very like humbling experience to have people actually like listen and like care about what you've made. It's very like, I don't know. It's 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 really beautiful, and it makes me really emotional and very Pisces about it. And if I keep going, I'm just going to start saying really weird stuff that doesn't make sense to anyone else. So, I wish there was a way that I could express more how much I appreciate the people who listen to Moon Mirror. That's something that's not my words. I wish I could project my gratefulness into the brains of all the people who dedicate their time to this project. Because I do that by just trying to improve. You know what I mean? My way of saying thank you is to constantly make sure we're putting out new stuff, putting out good stuff, whether it be the smallest thing like a TikTok meme or a behind the scenes thing or like a small sketch from Leo's archives that we've all forgotten about. You know what I mean? No matter what it is, I just try to say thank you by making sure there's always something new. Mm -hmm. It's a good way to look at it. 
and improving. You know what I mean? If, if this episode sounds better than the last, even if it's just a little, even if I've just equalized someone's audio like a smidgen better, if it's like just a tiny bit better, then I, that's my way of trying to say thank you. Which actually speak, now that you're speaking of really good parts of episodes and like elevating your skill in regards to editing, I do want to take time because I wanted to during this episode to praise you for Kane's theme in the finale. I haven't gotten to do that yet. It's probably one of my favorite songs in all of Moon Mirror so far. Um, which also I do want to make a shout out to um, Xavier real quick. Yes, for, who made making- all of our starving music because before I knew how to use Audition, it was all him. Yeah, all he- him. He helped us everything. A lot. I still use I use all the themes. He gave me still Lilies is probably my favorite he made. Um mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. But I do want to take some time to separate and, and praise you for for the music that you have made. Because all the, you do so much work for Moon Mirror, editing wise, social media wise, literally writing, running the campaign, like every aspect of Moon Mirror, I think you have your hand in. And like I think you run like all of all of Moon Mirror, really. But like the the Kane song specifically really blew me away when I first heard it. And even when you were editing it and um, you were putting it into the episode, I had you like pause and go back. And like, I had to re-listen to it a few times because like, it just, it really, it, w- it was really good to me. I just, I really wanted to bring attention to that specific detail of the finale because that, that the music and the, and the sound design was probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. That scene with um, Kane Kenneth in the nurse's office, that's one of those like pockets I talked about that I just get mm-hmm. really, really proud of. Because like, I worked three weeks on the finale. Like, I'm not kidding when I say like most of the time episodes take close to 40 hours. And maybe to someone significantly more seasoned than me, it would take less time. But taking like three hours of raw audio and trying to turn it into something digestible that's preferably less than two hours, it takes a lot of, of time. And so, like, thank you for saying that. Because I worked really hard in the finale. It, I really busted my ass for it to try to make it as good as possible. Because I was really nervous about the twist at the end. And I was like, well, if it sounds good, at least no one will be mad at me. <laughs> yeah. Any other final words from anyone? I think I've said all I needed to say. And I think I shouldn't say any more on purpose. I'm feeling too emotionally vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> when are we doing Camp Moon Mirror in real life, guys? You're right. We should all rent out a cabin. I should give a stranger an axe and we should all LARP. <laughs> I get to wear a little ranger's outfit and have a flashlight in the woods. <laughs> do I still, do I get, do I, do I, do, do I get a guy? Do where a- would we get one? <laughs> they confirmed the existence of aliens. What do you mean where would we get one? <laughs> so let, me, let me get this straight let me get this straight so leo's gonna get a separate cabin far away from us and have his own larping storyline none of us are involved in. we are going to- by himself because you're gonna have to stay in our cabin to be kenneth and we're gonna i if i just been decided okay i was gonna say we have to decide what NPC i am i guess i'm kenneth. you have to be at least like majoritively i guess it- yeah. I, I wear different little hats and like shirts that say the character <laughs> neck. I'm just like switching real fast. Uh, and then we find a way to get Indy, an alien that was confirmed to exist by the US government. And the alien has to also be okay with LARPing. Yes. That's what <laughs> gotta I'm getting to Gotta fight a consensual alien. All aliens listening to this, if you consent, <laughs> hit me up. My phone number is 770. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be honest if there's anyone not from earth listening to this i feel like we might have gone from some negative stereotypes with aliens possibly 
I made unless the, the aliens could turn did. into David Bowie and then <laughs> come on then it's it. my phone number is 770 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god see I don't know if I could ever survive LARPing Cam Moon Mirror with you all or maybe I could it could be fun but my ultimate dream for Moon Mirror in real life is every single day before I go to bed and I'm saying like all the things I'm grateful for and I'm doing a little manifestation thing I always sit there and I'm like Moon Mirror TV show please god Moon Mirror TV show <laughs> It's all I want. It's literally all I want. I would do anything. I would sell my kidney. I want it so bad. Um, that would be my version of Moon Mirror in real life. Ooh, wait. I think we had this question before. Um, I think probably as like a question, like right before the session. Um, but if there was Moon Mirror TV show, who would you want to play your characters. Oh. I have an answer for Lily actually, and I don't think it would actually work because I don't know. I don't know how old she is, but Quinta Brunson, who makes Abbott Elementary and who stars in Abbott Elementary, the way she plays Janine is so raw, Lillian pads to me. I never thought of. I never thought of Janine as Lil. That would be so fucking Isn't it good. So perfect. Like she's not the right age at all. I believe because like you know Lily's literally like twenty one, but yeah. like. Her, her so energy's perfect. Her energy's perfect. And also, um, Halle Bailey. While watching The Little Mermaid, specifically, I was like, that's the way Lily looks at people. With those big old eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the way Lily looks at people. That that's whimsy. perfect, because I didn't have an answer. <laughs> I got you. I, got, I have answers for everyone, because I think about this way too much. Uh, any final words before we all say goodbye? No, but you know what's fucking crazy? Quinta Brunson's birthday, her birth year is 1989. The year of Moon Mirror. Moon Mirror year, because nothing else happened in 1989. It's only known as the Moon Mirror year. It's the year of Moon Mirror. Only Taylor Swift was born in the Moon Mirror year, guys. What the only actors who play in the Moon Mirror TV show, get Moon Mirror TV show, are actors that were born in 1989. And they're all, therefore, in their mid-30s. Yes nightmare anyway you all say your goodbyes goodbye thank you <laughs> goodbye forever uh, not uh, forever october 30th <laughs> october 30th which forever. means all, we're all gonna be in person together when season two starts goodbye forever forever no <laughs> we're literally all gonna be in person when season two starts we'll all be forever. able to like hold hands while i click submit to spotify Oh shit! Oh wait, I will see. That'd be so fun. Season, season two, episode one. That's when I'll pop back in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> anyway, we will see you all in October, which is not that far away. Don't forever stop. away. Don't even. No, it's it is not forever away, and I know that because we also have a convention that weekend, and I have stuff to get done, and it is not forever away. Oh, I'm gonna vomit. Anyway, everyone say goodbye. You can't just wave it; it's an auditory medium. Everyone say goodbye. Farewell. Bye. Bye Thank forever. you so much for Rangers, all of your support. Say it out loud. Waves. <laughs> <laughs>